0: Listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. The number of Americans 65 and older is expected to nearly double in the next 40 years. That's according to a recent Kaiser Health News report. Experts say that the cost of long term care is rising dramatically, and the burden is falling primarily on family. So what is this demographic change going to look like in Michigan? And do we have the infrastructure to care for our elderly residents? Here to talk with me about this issue are two people who know quite a bit about what it looks like, both from a national perspective and here in Michigan. Judith Graham is a Kaiser Health News contributor and columnist. She covers aging issues and writes the widely distributed Navigating Aging column. Judith Graham, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And also with us is Dr. Tom Jankowski. He's associate director for research and an adjunct professor of gerontology and political science at Wayne State University. Dr. Jankowski, welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Thank you, Stephen. I'm glad to be here.
0: Okay, Judy, I'm going to start with you. Give us a sense of what this issue looks like nationwide. I see the, the reports that everybody else does about birth rates plummeting and continuing to go down uh, over time. What does that mean for uh, the population here in the United States?
1: Well, the place to start really is what happened in the 20th century, which is really unprecedented, which is that um, we added over 30 years to the average person's lifespan. So we're living longer than ever before in human history, um, and yet we haven't really created the social structures to accommodate that enormous demographic change. So what you see is the average lifespan now for um, is somewhere in the mid 80s or low 80s, and people are living longer with um, the need for some kind of assistance. Um, as they enter their late 70s, 80s, typically, Um, not always, but typically. So the question is, how are we going to accommodate um, this enormous older population with these kinds of needs? Um, Initially, um, a need for help perhaps with shopping, bathing, um, getting around, transportation issues, and then, as they um, people move toward um, their um, the end of their lives, their needs can be more substantial. Um, they can be medical in nature as um, chronic illnesses and disabilities begin to accumulate
0: so, how prepared are we in terms of the infrastructure to care for this aging population? Are we going to have the resources? To make sure that we can actually provide a, a decent quality of life for a population that is older and, and does have more needs. Judy, are, are we ready for this?
1: We are woefully unprepared, unfortunately. Um, and um, the pandemic, in some ways, highlighted that. What we have is a, a profoundly fragmented system of care, or it's actually not a system. Um, We have different streams of help, but they tend to be underfunded, um, inadequate. Many times people don't know about them, and many times people don't qualify for them. Most at risk in this scenario is the middle class. People who are poor, older adults, can qualify for services uh, via Medicaid, though there are issues. Um, with Medicare, Medicaid underfunding of services. And, of course, Medicaid is the program, um, federal state program for low-income people. It provides the bulk of long-term care. People who are rich can afford to pay out of pocket. People in the middle, that's where the crunch is. How w- can they get the help they need to age in place, which is what most people want, or afford some help when they need it? We are not at all prepared.
0: Hmm. So, Tom, give us the view from, from here in Michigan. How does our aging population compare to what we're seeing in the rest of the nation? And are we in better shape or worse shape or maybe the same shape uh, as the rest of the nation to handle this new set of needs with the appropriate resources?
2: Well, I think that everything uh, that was said previously about what's going on on a national level is the case in Michigan, certainly. Um, Michigan faces some special challenges because it was historically a younger state in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. In fact, in 1980, Michigan ranked 37th in terms of the age of its population. Um, But uh, uh, today it's 11th or 12th. So it's actually one of the fastest aging states. And that's because, you know, the baby boomers, uh, parents moved here uh, during the growth of the auto industry. And so there was this huge uh, uh, cohort of baby boomers born and now they are aging in place. And many of their children um, have moved out of the state to look for work elsewhere over the last 30 or 40 years. Um, so, yeah, Michigan is is one of the oldest states, and we have a few of the oldest counties in, in the country.
0: And so what resources are available to seniors in Michigan? What resources are available to families to help support seniors here in Michigan?
2: Well, unfortunately, the services are a patchwork. I mean, we've got the uh, Medicaid Home and Community-Based Waiver Program, which essentially Uh, If you qualify for Medicaid, uh, helps to provide services in-home to maintain people at home, help them keep their independence, and help keep them out of nursing homes. Um, Unfortunately, in Michigan, that program is underfunded. Um, There are wait lists in most areas of the state, although not all. Um, And uh, and in Michigan, only about a third uh, of our our Medicaid long-term care uh, folks are at home. Uh, the rest of them are in nursing homes. And in many places across the country, those numbers are flipped. In Oregon, only 20% of their long-term care uh, Medicaid uh, recipients are in nursing homes, and 80% are maintained at home. Um, I have been an advocate for increasing that at-home spending for years because, first of all, it's what most people prefer. Secondly, it's less expensive than than putting people in nursing homes. We pay over $300 a day to keep someone in a nursing home, and you can keep someone quite safe and comfortable in their own home at less than $200 a day. So it makes sense to expand that program, and so far in Michigan, we We're we're behind on that. Uh, The other set of supports comes from the Older Americans Act program. Um, In Michigan, we have a state unit on aging called the uh, uh, Adult and uh, Aging Services Agency. Um, And uh, we have 16 area agencies on aging around the state. In the Detroit area, we have three of them. And they provide uh, a host of in-home services under the Older Americans Act. And many of them do not have an income uh, qualification. But again, uh, huge wait lists, underfunding, and many of the people who need those services just can't get them.
0: Mm. I'm talking with Judith Graham, who is Kaiser Health News contributor and columnist who covers aging issues and writes the widely distributed Navigating Aging column. Also with uh, Dr. Tom Jankowski, who's Associate Director for Research and an adjunct professor of gerontology and political science at Wayne State University. And we're talking about aging, about the aging population here in the United States, uh, getting uh, much older uh, as birth rates drop uh, and people live longer. We're talking about how prepared we are for that kind of demographic change, the incredible resources that will be needed to meet the needs of an aging population. Uh, We want to hear from you during this conversation as well. Have you been navigating this process of finding care for yourself or for an elderly family member? Uh, What kind of roadblocks are you encountering? And what resources would you like to see extended to elderly uh, residents and their families. Uh, Give us a sense of what you're encountering here in Michigan with regard to help uh, trying to plan for uh, old age or to support someone uh, in their old age. Uh, Are you finding it adequate? Are you finding that there are enough ways Uh, to find to do that. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or if you go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, we can try to include you in the program that way. Uh, Dave on Twitter says, for those who can choose to age in place, they're going to be relying on in-home caretakers and private or public transportation to get around. He's wondering if there will be enough workers to care for everyone. Also wonders if counties like Macomb will vote to keep transit uh, for seniors. Uh, that's a really broad set of questions. But what, what it reminds me of, Judy, is that uh, uh, this is something that touches lots of different areas of public policy uh, and and what we might call community infrastructure. And I, I, I often think that we're not even thinking of it in those terms, that we're not really understanding always how things like transit and uh, the workforce availability uh, affect this, this issue in particular. Uh, and we'll make it harder if we can't, uh, if we can't make some changes.
1: Well, of course, President Biden um, put that on the table in his original um, infrastructure plan, mm-hmm. um, proposing $400 billion in spending to um, increase home and community-based services over the course of eight years. And one piece of that was meant to be devoted to enhancing the long-term care workforce, Home health aides, companions, people who come into the home, who can help with everything from making breakfast to giving baths. The I just looked at the data um, yesterday. A PHI, which is a national research firm, estimated between 2019 and 2029, 8.2 million jobs in the direct care workforce. There was going to be turnover of about 7.2 million and an additional 1 million jobs needed. What's happening is these are very demanding jobs. As we saw during the pandemic, people, um, there are health risks associated with them. Um, The jobs are very poorly paid. The workers are not particularly well treated. They have no opportunities for advancement. Hmm. And in this economy, they're moving um, out of long-term care and into retail where there's a lot of demands for jobs, and other kinds of positions. So there is a enormous and growing workforce crunch in terms of the availability of long-term care workers. And you're hearing this from nursing homes who say we can't staff our homes adequately, and you're hearing this on the home health side as well. Hmm. Something has to be done to address this.
0: Uh, uh, Tom, uh, when we think of... Southeast Michigan and transit in particular, uh, we often are talking about how inadequately we fund public transportation and plan for it. We don't often talk about it in the context uh, of seniors, although I will say that the last time we were talking about a, a significant investment in upgrading the system, there was some talk about these services to seniors and uh, that was one of the things, one of the carrots. I think they tried to dangle in front of in front of voters, but it doesn't ever take center stage in the debate the way it probably should.
2: Well, I agree um, uh, regarding the direct care workforce. I just wanted to add that Michigan did increase the pay of direct care workers uh, by two dollars and twenty five cents in response to the the pandemic. Um, but we are still facing an enormous crunch. Uh, We're probably short about 100,000 direct care workers in the state of Michigan, and it's really starting to show in in terms of the services that we're able to offer people. Even if they qualify, even if they get enrolled in a program, we may not be able to find the people to go into their homes and and help them out. So that's one issue. With regards to services for seniors, you know, Um, most of the counties in Michigan have a senior millage, but those in Southeast Michigan do not. Wayne doesn't have a a senior millage, nor does Macomb. Oakland uh, has a municipal senior millage in the city of Rochester and Oakland Township, but not covering the whole county. And many of these other counties across Michigan, uh, uh, you know, raise a a million or $2 a year to help supplement those Older Americans Act uh, uh, programs, much of which does go to um, nutrition programs and transportation programs. Now, as everybody who lives in Southeast Michigan knows, our public transportation system here is a is a horrible patchwork of. Uh, of things that don't always connect together well. And many municipalities do offer some kind of senior transportation. Um, Senior shuttles run out of the senior centers, but many of them don't cross municipal or county boundaries. And the greatest use that people have for those services is non-emergency medical transportation. And, uh, you know, sometimes you may live uh, in one area and your doctor may live in another and your local shuttle won't take you there because it crosses a boundary. So, uh, yeah, we we are dramatically underfunded especially in southeast michigan and the population just keeps getting older
0: okay we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to continue this conversation about the aging population here in the u.s and how we need to respond to that demographic change we'll get to your calls and your social media comments as well chris and port here on Deanna in Detroit and Heidi in Bloomfield Hills. We will hear from you if you want to join them. 313 577 1019 is the number here on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Judith Graham, Kaiser Health news contributor and columnist who covers aging issues and writes the widely distributed Navigating Aging column. Also with us is Dr. Tom Jankowski. He's Associate Director for Research and an adjunct professor of gerontology and political science at Wayne State University. We're talking about the aging population here in the U.S. and the challenges that demographic change presents to us in terms of making sure there are enough resources to meet the needs, the needs of that aging population, but also the needs of the families who will be responsible for supporting that aging population. It's something that all of us, I think, uh, as we get into our middle and later years face is how do we make sure that our parents and other people close to us uh, can can have a decent quality of life. Uh, into old age. It is not easy. It is not cheap. Uh, It requires an awful lot of planning, and it probably requires a heck of a lot more uh, public support um, in in terms of what government might do uh, and provide. As always, we want to hear from you. Uh, Tell us about how you're planning this for yourself, how you're planning this for your family, and how you find the resources here in Southeast Michigan. Are they enough Uh, What would you like to see that uh, we don't have? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there, and uh, we'll hear from you that way. Let's start with Chris in Port Huron. Chris, what is on your
3: mind? Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Mm -hmm. I own and operate a small uh, in-home care uh, company focusing on assistance with daily living, ADL, Hmm. and I couldn't uh, agree more with your guest. Uh, uh, the answer is actually full-on, uh, real support for for uh, aging in place, aging at home, um, and that and that's with real dollars. Uh, the other challenge here uh, that I don't think has been mentioned so far is the fact that families are really, and our experience tells us, families are really disparate. They're they're scattered all over the country, so quite often our clients are, are alone, and uh, you know the, the son is on the west coast and the daughters are on the east coast, mm. and and other family are, are just not there for them. So the answer is going to be real significant uh, investment into in-home care, um, and and doing those things that you and I take for granted. So that's you know transportation, that's uh, personal hygiene, uh, it's even companionship and things like that in order to help these people remain, in, uh, remain and remain and age with dignity.
0: So, so Chris, uh, before I get back to our guests, I'm curious as a provider, give us an ex- uh, give us a sense of the ex sense of what you're talking about. It does not sound like something that many families would just be able to afford without some real planning. Uh, how costly are the things you're talking about?
3: So it's an hourly It's an hourly charge that we, we, we charge for. Now, I mean, uh, I can tell you that our average clients um, aren't paying, I believe one of your guests mentions, $200 a day. Um, uh, the average client for us is a few visits a week to help with those uh, assistance with daily living items that I mentioned early. Mm-hmm. It might be shopping, it might be you know meal preparation, it might be personal hygiene, getting somebody up in the morning ready for the day, ready for bed at night, uh, med monitoring, all those sorts of things. And uh, some of those things are daily for sure, but many of, many times we're able to help these people with just a few hours a week. Um, and then well, obviously there's a continuum of care, and what happens is they may arrive our services with just needing a few hours a week and then as they age uh, that that increases but but it, it is significantly less expensive than than you know uh, community or facility based care mm. um, and the reality is too with the aging population that you guys have been speaking of, there's just not enough. I mean, even if we were to make a full-on commitment to, to long-term care, there's just not enough money to make all of the spaces that we're going to need in the next 10, 15, 20 years.
0: Mm. Uh, Chris, I, I love that you uh, called and shared uh, that perspective, given uh, your kind of industry knowledge about, uh, about this, this issue. Uh, Judith Graham, react to what Chris is saying there.
1: Well, one of the things that stands out to me immediately is the number of older adults who are living alone. Um, without anybody to help them. Mm -hmm. Um, Many of them are women. Large numbers of people with um, dementia um, in in the earlier stages are living alone and various other conditions and trying to manage as best they can. We talk about family caregivers and how they um, make um, such a difference in the lives. There are 53 million family caregivers who care for the elderly and people with disabilities, but a lot of the old, of older adults don't have anyone nearby um, who they can turn to on a regular basis, and this just throws into relief, um, you know, the, the, the problems that we're talking about. In terms of cost, Genworth um, looks at costs of long-term care, and their average hourly um, rate um, that they reported last year for a home health aid is $24 an hour. How many people can afford substantial number of hours at that rate um, for assisted living? Annual rate fifty one thousand six hundred for nursing home private rooms ninety three thousand seventy five dollars. Wow. So we're talking substantial um, financial outlays here, which, as you've noted, a lot of people simply can't afford. Mm. So what is the solution? It's it's really tough.
0: Yeah, wow. Uh, uh, Tom Jankowski, I wonder what your reaction is to what Chris is talking about here.
2: Uh, well, uh, Chris is is right, and uh, I mean, I work with our local area agencies on aging, and they deal. They have a lot of vendors like Chris's outfit, and they're all struggling for workers. Um, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Judy mentioned twenty four dollars an hour. That's what people pay. Um, the workers themselves earn more along the lines of nine to $12 an hour in Michigan. And so, uh, clearly that's one of the thing. I mean, it's a very demanding physically and emotionally demanding job. And there are a lot of other jobs that are much easier that pay more. So that's a, a good reason why we're having this crunch right now.
0: Mm. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for, uh, for listening, of course, but, uh, also for for calling in and sharing that information. Courtney on Twitter says, uh, My spouse and I have a combined six parents already aged 65 plus. That's both parents and step parents. She says, No clue how we will manage care when the time comes. Some financial resources, but not nearly enough for quality care for all. That's a really frightening prospect to be, to be facing. Um, let's go to Heidi in Bloomfield Hills. Heidi, welcome to the show.
4: Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. I listen to your show religiously every morning, so this is a real treat. I'm uh, part of the conversation. <laughs> thank you, um, though. <laughs> I have uh, two kids, early, uh, lots of health challenges, and I can be a witness to the cost. Uh, easily, easily, you know, for a month. that's just for housing. That's not pharmacy.
2: That's
0: not uh, medical care. Things like that. So, um, and, uh, so we're having just a little trouble with your connection, Heidi. But I but I think I heard enough to know that 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 what you're facing is uh, an inordinate amount of of cost. And and I can hear from the tone in your voice the the, the kind of concern about. Uh, your two elderly parents and, and being able to provide uh, that care uh, consistently and into the future. But but I, I absolutely appreciate you listening, of course, and calling in. Uh, let, let's quickly go to Deanna in Detroit. Deanna, welcome to the show.
4: Oh, hi, Stephen. Thanks hi. so much mm-hmm. for allowing me to join the conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i calling in because I, I really wanted uh, to share that there are There are state and federal resources, such as the Area Agencies on Aging. I serve, uh, work for the Detroit Area Agency on Aging, and we Mm -hmm. serve nine cities, older adults, 60 and up. Um, But what I found, some of the programs, uh, such as our counselors uh, that are trained in Medicaid and Medicare, Something as simple as speaking to an expert that's not trying to sell you a service but guide you based on your chronic illness or the state of your health is, is really key for mm. families and older adults um, because it could be a cost savings. It could, it could actually connect them to the care that they really need. Mm. Um, and those programs um, and services are, are out there nationally. Uh, so it doesn't matter where you live. Uh, there's an area agency on aging in your region yeah. that can support you. Yeah, um, uh,
0: Deanna, I, I, I appreciate your calling and, and of course, uh, interjecting that information into the conversation here. Uh, we've only got about a minute left. Tom Jankowski, I want you to, to react about the Detroit Area Agency on Aging and uh, other services like that. It seems like it's, it's a Pretty important part of this, and and probably a good start in the right direction.
2: Oh, absolutely, it's critically important. The work that that the Detroit Area Agency on Aging does. Um, there are three eight areas in, uh, in this in Southeast Michigan. There's DAA, which covers Detroit, Harper Woods, the Gross Points, Highland Park, and Hamtramck. And then there's the Senior Alliance, which covers the 34 communities of southern and western Wayne County, uh, outside of the Detroit Area Agency on Aging. And then there's uh, uh, Area Agency on Aging One B, which covers the six counties that surround Wayne County. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, If you're in the Southeast Michigan area, you live in one of those three areas. If you're not sure which area you live in, you can always call the National Elder Care Locator, which is 1-800-677-1116, and they will help you locate your local area agency on aging. And I would encourage everybody who's in need to call, even if you think you might not qualify for the programs, they have tremendous resources and they can make referrals um, and, and you may find that uh, you qualify for some resources. Everybody qualifies for the resources that that uh, Deanna just mentioned, which is Medicare, Medicaid counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody could benefit from that. So uh, I would encourage people to contact your local area agency on aging.
0: Okay. Judith Graham and Dr. Tom Jankowski, great to have both of you here on Detroit today for this conversation. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Pleasure to be here. Thank you, mm-hmm.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Okay, that is going to do it for us today. Coming up on Tuesday, we're going to begin to dig into the WDET summer reading of the U.S. Constitution with a big-picture conversation to kick things off with University of Michigan law professor and former U.S. attorney Barb McQuaid. This is 1019 WDET-FM. I want to thank our student producer, Molly Ryan, for her work in shaping and producing today's show. We'll talk again on Monday.